Radio. Hi, I'm Paul Ellard. Welcome to Our Queen, Our Mother, the Graces of the Blessed Virgin Mary. In our sessions, we will be exploring the topic of the Blessed Virgin Mary and why she is important to the Christian faith. With each talk, we will try and open up and explain in simple terms the Catholic Church's teaching on the Blessed Virgin Mary. So welcome to the program and let us begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our loving God, we give you thanks and praise for all the graces, all the blessings, all the ways, Lord, in your divine providence, you care for us and pour your graces out on us every day. Dear Lord, we thank you for the gift of great Christian saints, heroic saints that witness your love and your ways to us lead us by example, and that they intercede for us. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the gift of St. Padre Pio. Thank you for his example. Thank you for his intercession. Dear Mother, we ask you to be with us now and send your spouse, the Holy Spirit, to open our hearts so that our hearts and mind may engage with what the Spirit is teaching and guiding us so that we can grow in love for you and love for your Son, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Saint Padre Pio, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, today we want to continue our look at great Marian saints. In this session, we want to look at St. Pio of Pietrocina, or more commonly referred to as Padre Pio. Padre Pio must be one of the world's most popular saints today, right up there with St. Therese of Lisieux. Pope Paul VI spoke of Padre Pio. He said, Look what fame he has had. The world clientele has gathered around him. But why? It was because he said Mass humbly. He heard confessions from morning to night. And he was a stamped representative of the stigmata of our Lord. He was a man of prayer and suffering. And if you've ever been to Italy, you know that you can just go into any little coffee shop any little out-of-the-way place and you look around that coffee shop and somewhere in that little cafe you're bound to see a picture somewhere of Padre Pio. It's amazing how popular he is. And he's very popular in Australia, in fact around the world. So Padre Pio was born Francesco Forgione on May 25th, 1887 in Petrocina in the southern part of Italy. And when he was 15 years of age, he entered religious life and was known as Fra Pio. Fra just simply means brother, and Pio is pious. 
and he took that name after his patron saint of St. Pope Pius V. So then, in 1910, at the age of 23, he was ordained a Capuchin priest, and he moved to San Giovanni Rotondo, and he never left the monastery, remaining there for the rest of his life for some 50-odd years. When we look at the life of St. Padre Pio, it's important to understand that the driving force for him was to conform himself more closely to Christ, both as priest and victim. This is the key foundation, and without this understanding, it's going to be very difficult to understand the life of Padre Pio. Padre Pio rose every morning at 2am to prepare for his 5am Mass. He spent two hours in preparation. And when the doors were opened at 4.30 in the morning, there was always a rush of crowd of people to try and get a seat as close as possible to the altar. Padre Pio's masses were very popular because he said them so devoutly. At various stages of the mass he entered into long pauses of contemplative silence and at other times he would go into ecstasy and was oblivious to all around him. He often seemed to be talking to someone as he gazed at the crucifix. At certain parts of the Mass before the consecration, he wept, and there were times when he seemed to be suffering greatly. For Padre Pio, the best comfort and much-desired relief came from his daily Mass. The Mass was the focus of his whole life. Padre Pio told his spiritual director, When I am before Jesus in the Holy Eucharist, it feels as if my heart wants to jump out of my chest. That was the love he had for Jesus in the Eucharist. And he said that when he was at the altar, he saw everyone who asked him for prayers. And for those who attended his Masses, one person commented that it was like being present at Calvary and being a witness to the act of redemption and resurrection of Jesus. Now, Pedro Pio spent most of his time hearing confessions, and his work for individual souls spread his fame throughout the whole world, which was a big thing to do back in that time when travel was not convenient and we certainly never had faxes or emails. Huge crowds converged on San Giovanni Rotondo, and it would take two weeks just to be able to go to confession with him. Why is that? Well, when he heard confession, he shared great wisdom, compassion, and he had great clarity and insight into his counselling. And he was especially gifted with the ability to read a person's heart and conscience. And so he would sometimes remind the penitent of some sin that they had forgotten to confess. However, if anyone came to him out of curiosity or was insincere, he would angrily send them away and refuse to give them absolution until they returned with sincere repentance. There's a couple of estimates of how many people they think Padre Pio heard in his lifetime, but it's somewhere between one and two million confessions heard in his lifetime. It's extraordinary. And he did that because he would spend 16 to 18 hours a day in spiritual direction and hearing confessions. He would only sleep for two hours a night, and he prayed for five hours, and he hardly ate at all. 
and he still managed to lead a long and active life to the astonishment of his doctor. But in all of this, he maintained a keen sense of humour. Just to give you a timeline on some of the key events of his life, so we mentioned earlier that he entered the priesthood in August of 1910, and then the following month, in September of 1910, he received the stigmata. Now the stigmata, for those of you who are perhaps not familiar, the stigmata are the wounds of Christ. So he had the wounds of Christ in his body, in his hands, in his feet, and in his side. And these would bleed, and they would be very painful. But this stigmata was hidden, although he did confide this to his spiritual director. Then in August of 1918, the phenomena of wounding of the heart, the special word the church calls transverberation of the heart, transverberation of the heart, which is the phenomena of the wounding of the heart indicating the union of love with God. It's a very mystical concept. And then the following month in September, in fact the 20th of September 1918, Padre Pio received the visible stigmata, which would last for 50 years. And this came to him while he was praying after Mass in the choir loft, and he saw a figure with wounds bleeding. And then that figure disappeared, and he looked down and realized his own hands and feet and side were bleeding. Now this caused him great distress because he was happy enough to accept the sufferings of Christ, but the fact that it was now visible was very humiliating to him. Now, of course, Padre Pio started to attract a lot of attention, and the church is not always keen about those kind of things, and a lot of the mystical happenings that were surrounding him. So in June of 1922, the what was then called the Holy Office, or what we call today the Congregation of the Doctrine of Faith, they began to restrict public access to Padre Pio. And then between 1924 and 1931, the Holy See issued various statements denying any supernaturality of Padre Pio's phenomena. And then on the 9th of June, 1931, the Feast of Corpus Christi, Padre Pio was ordered by the Holy See to detest from all activities except the celebration of Mass, which was to be in private. So these were very tough years for Padre Pio. And then, just under two years later, Pope Pius XI orders the Holy Office to reverse its ban on the public celebration of Mass. And Pope Pius said this, I have not been badly disposed towards Padre Pio but I have been badly informed. So in 1934, Padre Pio's faculties are progressively restored and he starts hearing confessions again. And then on the 23rd of September 1968, he died in his cell. So Padre Pio is the only known priest to suffer the stigmata, the wounds of Christ on his body. Remember that St. Francis of Assisi although he too was obviously a Franciscan, the founder of the Franciscans, and he also suffered from the stigmata. Remember, St. Francis was not a priest. 
As we mentioned, the first wounds that he received of the stigmata were invisible and they remained that way for eight years. And then when they became visible, this became a great burden as a source of humiliation and embarrassment for Padre Pio. He had five wounds, one in each hand and foot, approximately two centimeters in diameter each wound, and a cross-shaped wound seven centimeters long on his chest, and these would bleed daily. And the doctors who examined him said that he lost a cup of blood per day. So around his chest he wore a linen cloth which had to be changed twice daily. And except when he said Mass, Padre Pio always wore fingerless mittens on his hands. Now no scientific explanation was possible for why these wounds existed. These wounds were deep and unique, which he carried for his life, and they never became infected. Medically speaking, Padre Pio was a mystery. And even though he lost all that blood, he was neither anemic nor did he lose weight. Now one of the great works that Padre Pio did was that he built a very large and modern hospital, which is still there today. Rather than calling it a hospital, he called it the home for the relief of suffering, which places great emphasis for the dignity of the human person. It had about 1,200 beds and included a modern research centre and care for sick children. And the project was built without any fundraising, but built entirely out of donations. Many of these came from the United States of America. He used to say that without love and charity, science and medicine can do little to relieve suffering. And when asked why did he build a hospital, he answered that God is love and charity, which emanates from the Blessed Sacrament. Padre Pio knew how to activate God's love in a very practical sense. So again we have to keep stressing that Padre Pio's life was all about imitating Christ. He was called to do this in a way greater than most, especially through his sufferings and especially through his stigmata and acts of love. If we start to lose sight of this, we could easily put Padre Pio's life aside as not being relatable to us. In one sense, we see Padre Pio very passionate about building a hospital to relieve suffering, and yet at the same time, we see him take on so much suffering himself. But through this imitation of Christ, Padre Pio was able to obtain from Jesus enormous graces, which he was able to disperse to his children, as he used to call them, his spiritual children. So prayers were answered in spectacular ways and miracles followed him wherever he went. Thousands of people were witnesses to all these graces. Padre Pio once said, I can refuse no one. How could I if the good Lord wills it and refuses me nothing? You know, Jesus said to St. Faustina once, I have need of your sufferings to rescue souls. He told her that she was a sacrificial soul and sacrificial souls maintain the existence of the world. Why were his prayers so powerful? Simply because he suffered so much and he prayed so much and he did so many acts of love 
and charity, that he had this incredible spiritual wealth to give out. Now, Padre Pio had great devotion to Our Lady. He was always seen saying the rosary even when he walked between duties. And although Padre Pio suffered greatly in his stigmata, he experienced in his prayer a peace and tranquility that words cannot describe. He truly was a great mystic and blessed with many exceptional gifts. He had the gift of healing and many extraordinary cures were attributed to his prayers of intercession. Padre Pio's approach to prayer was very simple. He would say, pray with your heart and your mind. He loved the rosary, as we said, and he encouraged people to stay after Mass for a time of thanksgiving. Now, Padre Pio used to communicate with people around the world through letters, and he received thousands of them, tens of thousands of letters. If you go to San Giovanni Rotondo today, you can go through and you can see a whole wall of tiny little pigeonholes, floor to ceiling, just packed with letters, tens of thousands of letters. And as people from around the world started to ask for prayers, and he would respond and answering them back, the postal service just couldn't cope with this huge influx of mail. So they had to create a new postal service to be able to cope with it. When Pope John Paul II was a seminarian in Rome, he said he actually got to meet Padre Pio. And it's said that Padre Pio prophesied that one day he would be Pope. So rather ironic that some years later, he would be the Pope who would beatify and canonize Padre Pio. As we mentioned, Padre Pio died on the 23rd of September 1968 at 2.30am from heart failure caused by bronchial congestion. Padre Pio died with the names of Jesus and Mary on his lips. The amazing thing was that within 10 minutes of his death, the doctors were amazed that his body showed no sign of the stigmata that had been there for 50 years. In fact, there wasn't even any scarring and the skin was soft and resilient as the rest of his body. They estimate 100,000 people attended his funeral. And today, Padre Pio is doing greater work from heaven as acclaimed by the thousands of Christians throughout the world who attribute his prayers for the many spiritual and temporal graces that they've received. In 2008, the body of Padre Pio was moved from his original burial place in the church to the new basilica. When they opened the grave, they discovered that much of his body was incorrupt. So the Franciscans had his body placed in a glass case and it was exposed for some months for pilgrims to come and pray. And as we said, Padre Pio loved Our Lady and he always encouraged people to say the rosary. And one day someone said to him, Padre, today they say the rosary is out of date, that is no longer in fashion. It is no longer said in many churches. And Padre Pio replied, Let us do what our fathers did and all will be well with us. But Satan rules the world. Padre Pio replied, because they make him rule. Can a spirit rule by itself if it is not united to the human will? 
We could not have been born in a more deprived world, but the one who prays a lot saves himself. The one who prays little is in danger. The one who does not pray loses his soul. Padre Pio once said, Love Our Lady and make others love her. Always say your rosary and say it well. Satan always tries to destroy this prayer, but he will never succeed. It is the prayer of her who triumphs over everything and everyone. Padre Pio says this beautiful statement about Our Lady. She treats me as if I was her only child on the face of the earth. She comes to me whenever I need her. And that's the way Jesus and Mary love each of us, as though we're the only ones on the face of the earth. Two days before Padre Pio died, he repeated, Love Our Lady and make her loved. Recite the rosary and recite it always. Recite it as much as you can. And as we said earlier, the last words that Padre Pio said was Jesus and Mary. Now the statue of Our Lady of Fatima came to San Giovanni Rotondo and Padre Pio announced a novena to prepare for the visit that the Heavenly Mother wants to make. Every evening he reminded them of the joy, the good fortune, the very special grace of this visit and the obligation of a worthily welcome above all with the practice of some virtues. And then as the visit got closer, he announced that our mother would be with us within a few hours. With full emotion, he said, In a few minutes our mother will be in the house. Open your heart. So when the statue of Our Lady of Fatima arrived, Padre Pia was able to go down to the church and he stopped in front of the statue of Our Lady, but he had to sit down because he was exhausted. And he gave her a gold rosary. The statue was lowered before his face, and he was able to kiss her. And then in the afternoon, the statue was being transported by a helicopter. And so the statue of Our Lady of Fatima rose up from the terrace of the Home for the Relief of Suffering, and it was heading for Sicily. It did three turns over the crowd which had gathered below in the square in front of the church and flew away. And from his window, Padre Pierre watched the helicopter fly away with tears in his eyes. To Our Lady in flight, Padre Pio lamented, My Lady, my Mother, you came to Italy and I got sick. Now you are going away and you leave me still ill. And at this instance he felt a shudder in all his person. And as long as he lived, he repeated, In that very instant I felt a sort of shudder in my bones which cured me immediately. And his spiritual director confirmed it, saying, In a moment that Padre Pio felt a mysterious force in his body, he said to his confrères, I am cured. He was healthy and strong as never before in his life. Now one of the most amazing gifts that our Lord gave Padre Pio was the gift of bilocation. And that is the gift which enables a person to be present in two places at the same time. He used to joke that he could go on leave without having to ask his superiors for permission. 
and people later said under oath that he was definitely in Rome for a canonization, while at the same time he never left San Giovanni Rotondo. There was the story of a man who had his eye blown out of his socket, and Padre Pio bilocated and visited him in hospital, and then when the doctors came to change the bandages, he had a new eye and could see perfectly. There's also the story of a young mother who had a severely retarded daughter and one day being under great stress she threw the seven-year-old onto the lap of Padre Pio while he was hearing confession but he handed the girl back to her mother totally healed and a normal girl. The wounds of the stigmata used to give off a soft rose fragrance and this was especially noticeable when he was hearing confessions. Padre Pio had a great devotion to the angels, and there's a wonderful story of when he went to one of the priests, and he said to him, why didn't you come down and relieve me for confession? And the priest said, well, Padre, I was waiting for you to tell me that you had finished. And he said, I did, I sent my guardian angel. And didn't you hear the knock on the door? And he said, well, I did, but when I opened it, there was no one there. <laughs> so the priest soon understood that when he'd hear the knock on the door and there was no one there, that was the sign he was to go down and change shifts of confession with Padre Pio. There's a story of a gentleman from England who, whilst in Italy, during the time when Padre Pio was alive, he had a car crash and was seriously injured. And a friend of his, seeing him in such bad condition afterwards, went to the post office and sent a telegram to Padre Pio requesting prayers for his injured friend. When he presented the telegram at the desk, the man gave him back a telegram from Padre Pio assuring him that his prayers for his friend's recovery will be heard. And after his friends recovered and was in good enough shape to travel again, they headed off for San Giovanni Rotondo. And they met Padre Pio and thanked him for his prayers. But at the same time, they were curious to know how he came to know about the accident and how a telegram arrived in such a short space of time. So Padre Pio answered them in his humoristic way when he said, Do you think the angels go as slowly as the planes? So today, millions of people travel to San Giovanni Rotundo on pilgrimage to the shrine that's now set up there to honour Padre Pio. In fact, the whole town is virtually one big shrine to his legacy. Another part of his legacy is the 3,000 Padre Pio prayer groups worldwide with over 300,000 members. Padre Pio once said, I will stand at the gates of heaven to welcome in all my spiritual children. So it raises the question, well, how does one become a spiritual child of St. Padre Pio? Well, anyone who so desires just simply has to ask St. Padre Pio. And really the only conditions that Padre Pio asked of his spiritual children was that they go to Mass, keep the commandments, and pray the rosary. Very simple, really. Nothing special. And, of course, knowing something about St. Padre Pio obviously is helpful. And there are wonderful books that you can buy. And there's also a monthly magazine called The Voice of Padre Pio, which is published in many languages. So as we stressed from the beginning, 
It would be easy to dismiss Padre Pio as an exceptional mystic who perhaps does not relate to our ordinary, everyday lives. But that would be a very superficial point of view. Padre Pio left us an example of prayer and good works. But he's also opened the door to allow us to enter into the Christian understanding of the incredible power in redemptive suffering. The world today, with all its suffering and despair, needs more than ever to know the value of our sufferings when they're linked with Christ. Here we see a man, from the world's point of view, who is burdened with a life of suffering. However, for Padre Pio, and for all who enter into their sufferings with Christ, no matter how large or small, their sufferings can become a powerhouse for God's grace and mercy. And this grace and mercy, in the imitation of Christ, transforms not only their own lives, but the lives of countless others, which is not limited by location or time. So Padre Pio, embracing this principle, still today intercedes from heaven with the infinite power won by Jesus on the cross. So we'll end then with some wonderful quotes in connection with Padre Pio. We always saw him with a rosary in his hands, in the friary, in the halls, on the stairs, in the sacristy, in church, even in the brief interval when coming and going from the confessional. Padre Pio said, Always humble yourself lovingly before God and man, because God speaks to those who are truly humble of heart and enriches them with his gifts. In order to attract us, the Lord grants us many graces that we believe can easily obtain heaven for us. We do not know, however, that in order to grow, we need hard bread, the cross, humiliation, trials and denials. Padre Pia said, When I know that a person is afflicted in soul or body, what would I not do to have the Lord relieve him of his sufferings? Willingly would I take on myself all his afflictions in order to see him saved. I am consumed by love for God and love for my neighbour. God is continually fixed in my mind and imprinted on my heart. The proof of love is to suffer for the one you love. And these next two are my favourite Padre Pio quotes. Pray, hope and don't worry. Anxiety does not help at all. And finally, this one in regards to the importance of the Mass. It would be easier for the world to exist without the Son than without the holy sacrifice of the Mass. And so, Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that you raise up great witnesses, great saints, great heroes of love, who intercede for us and allow you to bless us with amazing graces. We thank you for Saint Padre Pio and we especially thank you for his love for our Blessed Mother. And we ask Saint Padre Pio to be with us now and to pray with us as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women 
and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. Saint Padre Pio, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. radio.org.au